is the title of this sermon. What is faith? And excuse me while I take a drink of water. If you've been in this church for very long, you know what faith is. At least you should. Father, I just thank you for your presence and your power and your anointing. And I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body. And I thank you, Lord, that you teach through me this morning. Use me as your vessel and teach your children about faith. The word says, God, that without faith, it is, it is impossible to please you. So we realize that we must operate in faith. The just shall live by faith. And so, Father, we're excited to hear what you have to say this morning in the name of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Anytime you want to change anything, you know I'm open for whatever you have. Whatever needs someone in this congregation might have that is not in the notes, you know. Like when you took the prophet to the Valley of the Bones and you asked him, can these bones live? <clears throat> he said, you know. <laughs> we know what happened. The bones came together. Could have been a bone clear over on the other side that needed to connect to the bone over here. God knew exactly where it was. He has every hair on our head numbered. Every one of us. That's wild to me. Okay, faith is grasping the unrealities of hope and bringing them into the realm of reality. Faith is grasping the unrealities of hope and bringing them into the realm of reality. You know, the Bible says that the things impossible with man are possible with God. Excuse me. The things that are impossible with man are possible with God. And then God says, nothing is impossible with God. And then he, he says that we have all, if you're born again, you've all been given the measure of faith. We all start out the same. It's what we do with it. It's how much we study the word. It's how much we pray in tongues, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's why Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. Because he was building up his most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. 
So if you want faith, you've got to know the word. You need to pray in tongues. And you need to hear the voice of the Lord. You need to know how to pray. Which I spent several weeks teaching on prayer. I don't know if I'm done or not. I'm sure I'm not. But anyway, a key verse in the study of faith is the familiar one found in Hebrews 11.1. 1, and let's turn it. They call actually 11 chapter of Hebrews the faith chapter. Because it goes into all these people that had such faith. So let's go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Aren't you glad that you've been chosen? Many of you were blessed just to flat out get saved and get into a Word of Faith church so you never had to listen to all the other stuff and have to wade through that. So Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In the Amphite, it says, Now faith is the assurance and confirma the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of the reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So Moffat's translation of this verse reads, Now faith means that we are confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. You might want to write that down. Now faith means that we are confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. Another translation says, faith is giving substance to things hoped for. Still another translation reads, faith is the warranty deed, the thing for which we have finally hoped is at last ours. Here God is telling us what faith is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There are a number of kinds of faith. We're going to find out. Everyone saved and unsaved alike has a natural human faith. It's like, you know if you sit down on that chair, it is going to hold you. Right? That's natural faith. Unless you weigh... 500 pounds or something. I can't remember what the limitation was for these chairs, but you know if you sit in it, it's going to hold you. That's natural faith. The above scripture, however, is talking about a supernatural faith, 
a faith that believes with the heart rather than believing with our physical senses or what our physical senses may tell us. Faith, in other words, is grasping the unrealities of hope and bringing them into the realm of reality. And faith grows out of the word of God. So I'm going to read this one again. Faith, in other words, is grasping the unrealities of hope. You know, there are some things out there that you look at and you hope for that seem unreal. How many know that? As you progress in your Christian walk, God expects you to stretch out and believe for more and more. And sometimes they look impossible. Anybody have glass wipes? Because I cried and got junk in my, on my glasses. So that would be great if they could do that. The text, faith is the evidence of things not seen. For example, you hope for finances to meet the obligations you have to pay. Faith gives the assurance. Faith gives the assurance. Thanks, Terry. Appreciate it. Excuse us for a second here. We're going to do the whole thing. Just pray in tongues. Praise you, Jesus. We're all family here. Now, I don't usually stand in the prayer line and cry, so it was unexpected. Thank you. They're perfect. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Our text describes faith as the evidence of things not seen. For example, you hope for finances to meet the obligations you have to pay. Every month, there are bills that come in. How many know that in heaven? There's not going to be any bills. Thank God. Amen. You know, once a month, I pull out four credit cards because I put everything on credit cards, and then I pay them off. I pull them out. And on a certain date, because I set them up where they would all be due on a certain day. So two days before that, I pull every one of them out, and I call in, and I pay for them. You know, I, I deal with it. I know I have to do that every month, or I'll get a late charge. I mean, know that. So thank God we're not going to have to do all that in heaven. I mean, that's exciting. That alone is part of the excitement. That's nothing, but that is something. And, you know, one of the things we're not going to have to do. So we hope for finances to meet the obligations that we have to pay. Faith gives the assurance that you will have the money when you need it. I think about Peter, the time that he went to Jesus, and he said, we need, we need to pay taxes. Well, he was hoping he wouldn't have to. And um, Jesus said, go out to the fish, catch the fish, and it's going to have the money to pay the taxes. Now, this is God kind of 
way of thinking on things. Now, none of us have quite gotten there yet, okay? But God wants us to get there because the times that we're in, God wants to begin to move in the supernatural. Like you see a bunch of hungry people, you gather them together and whatever you have, you start splitting it and God provides. That's, that's what I truly believe that God wants to see happen, not just in this country, it's already happening in other countries, but that he wants to see these things happen. Okay, so just kind of don't, you know, if, if, if your mind's telling you that's way too much for me to believe, just tell it to shut up. Okay? So, how many have ever, well, everybody when they first get married, at least I did, is on a tight budget. And... I remember when I first got married, I had all these envelopes and I would put the money every week in the envelope to pay for the bills at the end of the month. And if something happened, and pastors told about the time we traded in, sold the Corvette and bought that, that wonderful station wagon um, that I talked him into and we decided to take the kids on a trip and every tire popped that day. You know, you only carry one spare. Where was it we went to? Marine World or something? Marine World up north. Every one of those tires popped that day before we got home. Now, that was an unexpected thing on the budget that we had. But God provided. <laughs> Pastor was like, I sold my vet for this. I could just kind of... You couldn't fit all three kids in that vet. There, we tried till Matt kind of got bigger. But those are unexpected things, okay? So thank God, God came through. We knew him. We had bought the car from a Christian school. <laughs> and uh, he's telling me... I could say it. I went to that school for a time. Um, he's over there telling me. I mean, sometimes, folks, I'd rather deal with non-Christians than Christians. I hate to tell you this. If you're going to put your name on a card as a Christian, then decide you're going to be a giver. Okay? I'm just talking here what the Lord's telling me to do. So you, you hope for physical strength to do the work that you must do. Because you've got finances and obligations to pay. Faith gives the assurance that you will have the money when you need it. How many know that? And he always does come through. You hope for physical strength to do the work that you must do. Faith says the Lord in in Psalms 27, 1, if you'll turn there, the Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Faith will say about itself everything that the Word says, for faith is God, 
in God is simply faith in his word. Faith in God is simply faith in his word. Thanks, Terry, for doing my glasses. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, John 1. We learn important lessons in faith very quickly after we become Christians. How many realize that? And we learn that each one of us is at a different level in different areas. And I remember the time when Matt was how old when he gashed his head in the, the stereo? Well, pastor had, you know, a, when a kid gashes their head, there's a lot of blood. How many know that? <laughs> kind of freaky. But pastor had the faith for God to close it, but I didn't. And so he had to come down where I was, and we took him to the, to the doctor. I knew right then and there, that day, that I needed to get my faith built up. You know, sometimes things happen... I don't believe they're from God, okay, because God does not send me. But things will happen to where we realize, wait a minute, my faith is not where it should be, and I need to get it built up now, okay? And I knew that day that if he and I were going to stand together in prayer and in faith, that I needed to get built up in that area, and I knew it was going to take the word. So... There are things that we learn very quickly if we will listen to the Spirit of God and, and pay attention to what he has to say. So at that point, Pastor had started listening to tapes, Word of Faith tapes, and so his faith was way up there, built up there, and I knew I better start. Now, I'll, I'll be honest with you, because of the, the church that I was saved in, they did not teach that. So I had to get rid of all the old stuff and put in the new. So I understand what it's like. Okay, you just keep reading the word. I know I'm going kind of slow this morning, but I want us to get this and I want us to get it well. Okay. Now, sometimes we deal with things, our feelings, we need to realize that our life consists of the physical as well as the spiritual. And the Lord is the strength of your life as we gave that scripture. How many have felt like not getting out of bed at times, but you know I need to get out of bed and go to work? How many, anybody, thanks, one person in this place that realizes that. I'll be honest, there's been Sunday mornings where I felt like, you know what? I'd like to sleep in. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Pastor's alarm goes off and, and uh, we're up. So we get up and we do what we need. To. We, we get the strength of God, which is the joy of the Lord is our strength. We become joyful and we get up and we do what we're supposed to do by faith. How many, I don't know about you, but those are the days when my hair doesn't want to do what it's supposed to do and the makeup decides to run and all kinds of stuff. Thank God you men don't have to do that, I hope. <laughs> so we pull ourselves out of the bed in the morning and go to work 
you know, this is, this is called work for us, but it's, it's joy. We go to work. I'm reading my notes here. We go to work, and we're standing on the word of God to pull us through, to get us. As a pastor, you walk, before you ever get out of bed in the morning on Sunday morning, you, you have got to be praying and listening to God. I'm just being honest with you. I don't know how they do it if they're not. And you've got all these other distractions which are running around. But you've got to get beyond that. And the best way for me is to lock myself up in the makeup room and pray in tongues and get myself prepared, even though I'm looking at my face that needs help. Okay? So we pull ourselves up and we start moving out. When we, when you, now I'm talking to all of you that go to work during the week. Pastor and I do work during the week, by the way. But you get up in the morning, you get up and you get ready to go to work. You begin to act on God's word for strength for that day. Now, some of you have man, manager jobs and managerial jobs. Is that how you pronounce it? Where you know there are those under you that you are responsible for. So there's more that you need to pray than others. I'll take John for an, a, for an example. He has no idea what's going to be out there when he t gets, gets in his vehicle. But he, he knows for a fact he better be built up in the things of God. Am I correct back there? He has to be. He's got to be ready. We may know what God's word, word says, and we know as, we, as much word as we have in us, that's as far as we're going to go. It's like a gas tank, okay? Are you going to keep yourself full of the word? Because if you keep yourself full of the word, then you'll be able to go strong continually. If you don't, and you allow other things to come in, and you listen to other things and people and whatever, your tank starts to get low. And you've got to keep yourself built up, especially in the days we're living in. Okay? Now, John Wesley, I'm going to read a note here, said that the devil has given the church a substitute for faith, one that looks and sounds so much like faith that few people can tell the difference. This substitute he called mental assent. Many people read God's word and agree that it is true, but they are agreeing only with their minds. And that is not what gets the job done. It's the heart faith that receives from God. So you've got to understand, or I've got to, I'll take, I've got to, when there's a situation or a circumstance that comes up, I've got to make sure that I'm dealing with heart faith and not faith that I have up here. Okay? For out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. Okay? So when a situation comes, it's what you start to speak. It's what you start thinking on it. And let me tell you, there's enough out there. This country is vexed right now. Just let me tell you, the Lord had me, I will be doing a sermon on vexed. I've been studying on it. And it's really something. And the, this country is vexed right now. And every day you go out in the world that is vexed, 
And you need to know how to deal with it. And that's where the word of God will come in. In Mark 11, 23 and 24, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that he receives those things which he shall saith, which he saith, which he saith, he shall have them. Open your Bible. We need to go there. I told you when we were at Raymond, Brother Hagen taught on this all year long, three times a week. And I couldn't figure out, was this all he knows? I'm being honest. You know, I know there's some of you that sit back there. The only scripture she knows is 2 Corinthians 10.5. Let me tell you, if it weren't for 2 Corinthians 10.5, I would be, you would not like to hear what would be coming out of my mouth. Okay? If I was listening to what was in my mind then, you would not want to hear it. Okay? So let's look at this. We'll go up to verse 22. And Jesus replied to them, Have faith in God constantly. I'm in the Amplified. Truly I tell you, whatsoever, whosoever says to this mountain, Be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes what he says will take place, it will be done for him. Believes what he says. How many times does it say, say in here? Let's go to the, in the King James. If any of you are starting to go to sleep, just tell it to stop because it's, I will tell you it's the enemy and he just wants to make you think he's a liar. All right, here we go. Ready? For verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Four times in one verse. How much is faith? And what you, our faith and what you speak. Praise you, Jesus. I'm seeing this. Everything depends on what you're, what you're reading, seeing, and speaking when it comes to receiving from God. Do you understand what I'm saying? What you're reading and believing, you're not reading it to just read it, but you're believing it. It's when that rhema of the word hits you and you finally say, wow, I see that and it is mine. You will begin to speak it. You will no longer start saying, I can't. It's impossible. But you will all of a sudden start saying, it's mine. And nobody can, take, can change your mind on it no matter what they do. And that's the place where we desire to be. This is the place that God wants us to get to quickly. Okay? All of us. As a body. Because he has a work to do. 
so. Verily I say to you, Jesus said, that whatso, what, whosoever say, shall saith to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart. So he's saying, if you will say it, and say it, and say it, the doubt will leave. Remember the woman that had the issue of blood? She kept saying, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I will be what? Whole. Not just healed, but whole. Remember the lepers? One of them came back and worshipped him, and he was not just healed, he was made whole. In other words, any place that had dropped off of him was back on there. That's powerful. Do you want just healed or do you want the whole thing? They're knocking at the wall. Does that mean we need to stop? Is that it, Terry? No? Okay. <laughs> I want us to get this because what we, what we read and then we say, and then we keep saying, we will have it. You say, well, I'm not speaking to mountains. Yes, you are every day there's a mountain. I don't care how tall it is or small it is or whatever. There are mountains that come up daily that you need to deal with. Every one of us. And God wants every one of those mountains to be plowed down. To fall down. I hope this is making sense. How can we tell whether we have this heart faith or we are just mentally agreeing? Mental assent says, I know God's word is true. I know God has promised healing, but for some reason I can't get it. I just can't get it. Let's be honest, we've all been there in different things. I just can't get it. Then you know where you are. Men, remember, that's mental assent. I can't understand it. However, real faith in God's word says, if God's word says it so, then it's so. It is mine. I have it now, and I have it even though I can't see it. Right. And you will not be moved from that. Ever, no matter what anybody tries to tell you. You have planted yourself on the rock and you're not moving off of it. Now I will tell you that when other things begin to pull out of your life and you're not hearing the word of God and your tank begins to get drained, then you will find that it will be easier to believe those things in the negative than stay in the positive. That's why God says, do not forsake the assembling even so much more as we see the evil day approaching. Folks, the evil day has not, is just not approaching. It's here. And if you don't get that, there's something wrong. It's here. We're in it, okay? Notice Mark eleven twenty four that the receiving comes after the believing. 
The receiving comes after the believing. You have to believe it. And then just tell me, Terry, when it's over. Is it over? I mean, just let me go. Okay, you go tell. You go see. You already know this stuff. <laughs> Mark eleven twenty four that the receiving comes after the believing. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So number one, there's got to be a desire. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So that's the desire. You're believing for it. You're hoping for it. You see it. God's word says you can have it. So you're hoping for it. So I know I'm going very slow and it might sound like repetition, but we've got to get it, church. This is back to basics. I will be very honest with you. Receiving comes after. So what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Jesus was simply saying, you've got to believe you have it before you can receive it. You've got to believe you have it before you can receive it. You, you know, when a person has a poverty mentality... They can't see beyond a certain area. How do you get beyond that area that you're stuck in? Now, all of us have areas that we're stuck in, so I'm not, you know what I mean? How do you get beyond that? The Word. The Word. Faith coming, cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. So, it's what you hear and what you read and what you speak that's going to make the difference. Now, when you have symptoms in your body, and we've all had to deal with that, it's almost impossible to receive physical healing for ourselves without first believing that you have it. So you see yourself healed. How do you do that? You quit saying it hurts. I have this. This is what the doctor says. I don't care what the doctor says. What does God's word say? Am I, I going to put a man above the word? Do I believe in doctors? Yes. If, we didn't, if they weren't there, some of us would be dead. Okay, my dad was a doctor, so I have nothing against doctors, okay? But are you going to believe what he has to tell you? Are you going to take that as the last word, the last hope? Or are we going to go further and believe what God says? You know, even if you have surgery on something... You've got to believe God to get through that surgery and that it's going to work out perfect. How many realize that? So it doesn't matter. I'm not against surgeries. I'm not against whatever. But you've got to, we've got to believe. 
for marriage. I'll take marriage as another one. It's not 12 yet, so I think I'm okay. Marriage is another one. You can either have a crummy marriage or you can have a great marriage, but it's going to take both of you in the word. It's going to take both of you giving 100%. Both of you keeping your mouth shut. Both of you speaking forth the word over one another. That's what it's going to take. Thomas's faith versus Abraham's faith. Wow, now that's a good one. Too many Christians have a Thomas faith when they should have an Abraham faith. Thomas said, I don't believe until I can see him. Remember that? Whereas Abraham staggered not at the promise of God, but was strong in faith. He staggered not at the promise of God, but was strong in faith. And he was old. And once he, once he got started with Sarah, after she died, he got some more young, uh, there was young women and there were more kids. Nothing slowed him down. So what are you, you know, there is so much out there to try to slow you down and push you back. But God is constantly trying to say, go forward because I've got my very best for you. Amen? He's got his best for you. Best in praise and worship. Best. God wants to show up in this house. You can't even imagine what he wants to do here. Just his presence today was wonderful. But you have not seen it. We have not seen anything yet. Thank God. There is so much that God wants to bring to us that's amazing. So let's turn to John 20, 24 and through 29 and then we'll stop there. No, maybe not. John 20, 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I see in his hands the print, the print of the nails, and I put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I shall not believe. And, about, and after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Well, if someone came walking through the wall, that would be enough for me. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, behold my hands, and reach hither thy fan, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. So Jesus was saying, if you want to put your hand in my side, be my guest, if that's what it's going to take for you to believe. But that's not the best. Why did Thomas, Thomas find it hard to believe Jesus was alive? Thomas knew of the nails that pierced Jesus' hands and the spear that had thrust into his side. His physical senses told him Jesus was dead. Thomas was using head knowledge rather than heart faith compared to the faith of Abraham. 
Now we'll go to that real quick and then we'll quit. Romans 4, 17 through 21. Romans 4, 17 through 21. As it is written, I have made thee Abraham a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickened the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And be not weak in faith, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God, through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Praise God. Now Thomas had all these people that had seen Jesus, but he didn't believe it. Think of this a little bit. He didn't believe it, didn't want to believe it. He said, I'm not going to believe it. Don't ever let your mind go there with God's word. If your mind starts to tell you that's impossible with God's word, shut the page, pray in tongues, and get a hold of yourself immediately. Especially if it's something you're believing for. Because you know that sense realm is trying to get in there or... Harassment from the enemy is trying to destroy your faith. So I think we've had enough for today. Praise God. I hope you got it. To next week, I'd like for some of you to tell me, or just write it down on paper and turn it in. What's the difference between the senses and faith? Sense realm and faith realm. Is that what I want to say? I guess close enough. Praise God. Well, let's all pray. It's just now 5 to 12. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to bless the food. And I'm, at, and I'm 